0: welcome to the Well Actually podcast, thank you for listening. As usual you can get the Well Actually podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher. The Well Actually podcast is also available on YouTube in case you're interested in videos. And both the audio and video of the podcast are available on thewellactuallypod.com. Uh, as usual we're going to do the Game of Thrones recap at the end of the podcast so don't worry there's going to be a very very uh, obvious intro to that so you know in case you haven't caught up yet and you might want to skip that that's fine so i want to start today's episode by giving a quick shout out to the uber and lyft drivers who were on strike yesterday trying to get better wages and other benefits so the companies. Have basically been steadily reducing the pays of the drivers in order to make it more attractive to investors because Uber is set to go public on Friday, and it's one of those things where you know the saying, "When elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers." And I just wanted them to, you know, just give them a shout out because it's not easy because, hey man, the whole capitalist machine. It it runs on the lifeblood of hardworking people and they aren't necessarily the ones that reap all the benefits. And in that vein, (laughs) I wanted to move on to this uh, clip that's probably been circulating for a while and it has to do with uh, your man, Steve Harvey. So he had this, uh, I guess this clip from a segment of his show, of his talk show. And it's a, a motivated segment, it's called. But the funny thing about this clip is that the episode itself came out October of last year, but I guess it's just making the rounds now, but you know how things happen on social media and you know what? Well, the premise of the the whole video is rich people don't sleep or they don't sleep eight hours and you know, I'll, I'll just let you hear it for yourself. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of your life. It ain't but 24 hours in a day. You cannot be sleep eight hours a day. You can't live in LA and wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. The stock market been open two hours. They already making decisions about your life and your ass was sleep. The Bible says he who loves to sleep and the folding of hands, poverty will set upon you like a thief in the night. So it's like, he started sounding like real preacherific at some points, like quoting Bible verses and all. And it it reinforces this myth that the hardest working people are the most successful. And anyone in the real world or anyone with eyes can tell you that that's utter nonsense, that there are so many hard working people who go from one job to the other and they are barely getting by. So this whole thing of, yeah if you're not successful, you're just not working hard enough, is is utter BS. But anyway, I I wanted to approach this from two angles because I, I don't want to get stuck on this, but the key to amassing wealth isn't four hours of sleep. It isn't even extraordinary intelligence. No, it's wealth. Yeah, that's right. Wealth. Being able to overcome financial barriers of entry it not only puts you ahead of the game, it puts you on like another playing field completely. And that's like getting that degree without having a dime in student loans or being able to afford like these prestigious graduate programs, which like will open doors for you that appear to be walls to other people. Or it it might even be like getting a small, like small loan to start a business of yours and I I feel like this is just a disservice to anyone who might be going from one job to another, plus an internship, plus school, and you're trying to tell that person that, oh yeah, the reason why you're not successful is because of sleep. But overall, the thing is, he had like a larger point where He's talking about being successful as stepping out of your comfort zone. And that I agree with because there really is growth within comfortable circumstances. But anyway, so he other things like the thing about these wealthy people themselves is they hire people to do all this work so that they actually get to sleep. So it's not a matter of oh they're they're wealthy because they didn't sleep. No. That's 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 BS Steve. But anyway, I'm I'm sure like the whole I'll Sleep When I Die crew, they were like they got they were all riled up because of this. Like they feel vindicated. Because you know, the ones that were like, oh, while y'all was sleeping, I was out getting this bread. Yeah, okay, baker, good job. It it, it just means you work overnight, but whatever. So and if you had just left it at don't love sleep. Like, I think anyone can get behind that. Like, sloth is, however you want to put it, is not, like, a, a good quality. But going against what is actually, like, scientifically, like, it, it not, like no other way to put it, but pre- prescribed. And I guess if you want to go against science, that's when you, like, sure, don't even get vaccinated either. That's your problem. But it's... In a way, it's dangerous. I'll put it that way. And Steve, he knows he's talking to a majority black audience. And the prevalence of hypertension among black Americans is among the highest in the world, not just in America, in the world. And there's also the chance of developing high blood pressure earlier than others. So not only are you like more prone to getting high blood pressure, but it even starts with you earlier. And now, like, if you want to even to get into the, like, actual health benefits of getting eight hours of sleep, like, there are numerous. Like, heart health, preventing cancer, reducing inflammation. It even assists in weight loss or reducing the risk of depression. And just as an added bonus, like, parts of your body actually repair while you sleep. But that's according to Steve. Nah, you, you... you gotta do your two hours and be up before people on the east coast are up I don't know maybe he's doing like daylight savings I don't know and then when it even comes to like being the diligent little worker that Steve wants you to be getting sufficient sleep is actually linked to increased alertness and improved memory so I, I don't even know what he's trying to tell you to do but honestly uh, a wise man once said whatever Steve Harvey says The exact opposite. Alright, we're gonna take a short break here and we'll be right back. So, I wanted to get into the Met Gala real quick because it just seems so interesting to watch and see how people reacted to it. So, uh, well, if there's anything I learned from Ocean's Aid, is that the Met Gala is held on the first Monday in May every year. And this year, the tickets went for around thirty-five dollars to $50,000 Yeah, for one ticket anyway. So this year's theme was camp notes in fashion. So I asked some people like, what, what does that mean? Because I, I wasn't really sure people were going to dress up like boy scouts or like camping gear or whatever. And you know, when you've asked someone <laughs> who clearly doesn't know what they're talking about and you're like, so what's camp and like, eh, you know, camp, you, you know, now camp. Camp. I'm like, no, camp is camp. Yeah, okay, thanks a lot. Dad. So I eventually did what I should have done from the beginning and I checked Google. And I found something that even one of the contributors to the Met Gala said, and it said camp can be described as style without content. Okay. So I kept looking. And another definition was the unique ability of combining high art and pop culture. Another one said, "Love of the unnatural, of artifice and exaggeration." And yet another one said, "Failed seriousness." And so all that, I said, "What the hell? What the hell? Like, what? What am I? What am I supposed to do with all that? Like, now, like, so even till tomorrow, I still will have no idea what camp means, and I'm probably more confused than, than I was when I started. But anyway, to the ball, the show, the red carpet itself it was some of the outfits. Was, OK, so the I'll call it costumes, some of them were just I'll I'll say they were ambitious. Yeah, I and the thing is, all I remember is like somebody looked like a chandelier. Another one looked like a picture frame and Cardi looked like someone's time of the month. That's how I can put it, it was. It was a lot of red. A lot of very deep red like wavy red and yeah it, it was a lot and it was it was really clear to me at that point that i'm not their target audience not in interest and definitely not in tax bracket and besides like neither beyonce nor rihanna were there so did the met gala even really happen uh so we're going to move on to something else that recently happened and okay So this, this one, I started to talk about it on Twitter a little bit. And then I was like, okay, no, this is the reason why I have a podcast, because going back and forth with someone like with that within a written medium is like, okay, you're going to say something, I'm going to say something. And then I'm going to lose my train of thought because I'm responding to what you're saying. And then next thing, my thoughts all look like jumbled and out of, focus or whatever so uh there's this show called the red table talk and it's a talk show hosted by three generations of the pinkett smith women uh jada willow and jada's mother adrian and an episode came out on monday so a trailer was put out to promote it and i guess in this era of like short attention span add consumption like a good trailer is more than is like more important than ever because it helps make up your mind whether you're going to commit to the entire program or not. And in this instance, people not only knew that they didn't need to see any more than the 50 second clip that was circulating, but they also had fully formed opinions on Aisha Curry and that leads us to where we are right now. So if, and that's a big if, you actually wanted to see the entire 28 minute episode which already has over four million views in three days. You don't have to go on some site that requires a monthly subscription like Netflix or a channel like TNT or BET that requires cable. No, you can just go on a little site I like to call Facebook. You know, that one with like over 2 billion active users and you can see it there for free. But anyway, to the specifics of that episode, uh, the Red Table Talk sat down with the Curry Women. So that's uh, Steph's mom, uh, her youngest daughter. That's Steph's youngest sister. Uh, the daughter of Doc Rivers, who's an NBA coach and the fiance of Seth Curry. And of course, Steph's wife, Aisha. So the segment itself, like, began with Jada asking how all the women deal with other women pushing up on their very famous husbands. And Sonya, that's Steph's mom, said that she actually liked it to a point because it's like, okay, you're getting like a cosign on how attractive you find your man. Like someone else finds him attractive. But then, of course, when it goes over the line, then she will not hesitate to step in. And then after a while, the conversation meanders for a bit. And then it comes back to Aisha. And she says, well, you know, I'll just let you hear for yourself. Something that really bothers me and, like, honestly, has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, like, there are all these women, like, throwing themselves, but me, like, the past 10 years, like, I don't have any of that. Like, I have zero... This sounds weird, but, like, male attention. And so then, you like, I begin to internalize it. it. And I'm like, you're, is something wrong with you're me? Not, like, you're not looking. You're not looking. looking. You're not even you're not looking. But I'm going to tell you something else, too. When your radar's turned off, because I, I dealt with that for years, too, like, and I was young, like you. Yeah, I'm like, like That's oh, not my fair. God, I mean. Because I don't want it. But yeah. it would be nice to know that, like, someone's looking but when your radio is turned off right you're beautiful don't ever think for one minute that it ain't no some men out there looking at you like i wish honestly and And i'm gonna tell you who knows that more than anybody the reaction to this clip has been very telling on a number of fronts and i like to get into them real quick so the biggest thing like Internet conversations are very heavy on the hypocrisy and light on nuance. So, everybody's perfect, nobody deals in shades of gray, everything must be absolute. Like, even in the clip, you can hear that she admits that it's an insecurity and she even calls it weird herself. So, it's like you know, you already know what that's supposed to mean. Like, in terms of insecurities, like these are. They may seem irrational to an outside observer like oh you have all this going for you then why is that such a big deal and i mean (laughs) if we judge everyone else by what they actually do instead of what they say then a lot of you are looking real funny in the light but you know what i'm not gonna stay and spend much time on that part then you could actually tell that there were so many people who just didn't like her and they were just waiting to pounce on her like and the excuse that, oh, because she was shaming women when she said she leans towards, and I put this in air quotes, modesty. It's funny how letting, like, you're letting someone whose opinion you don't think matters at all weigh so heavily on you. If she was advocating for falling asleep with, like, her man's meat in her mouth like a thermometer, you guys be like, yes. But, you yeah, know, like, Cardi does that too and you guys are sick of her too so it's kind of like y'all just want somebody to be mad at so like what, what exactly is your problem like for real for real like let us know how you really feel but anyway i also wanted to look at what people are terming like this attention seeking portion of it and to a degree that's accurate like who doesn't want attention like but she even goes out of her way to add on to it like oh yeah she it's not like she wants anything to come of it but it's nice to know that people are looking and he who is without sin cast the first thought because that that attention seeking thing must be going around because y'all ain't on like ig because of the aesthetic or because your pictures are so popping or whatever like yeah uh, you've seen one bowl of rice you've seen them all like you're what what are you doing on there What? what do you think that all boils down to like it's, it's very clear there, like, she's not the only one. And what is also clear is, like, some of y'all make it seem like you can't handle attention without acting on it. Like, once you get a compliment, yep, okay, that's an invitation to an orgy. And, like, no, chill. They just said you look nice. That, that's it. That, that So, like, the way y'all are responding to it is, like, every time someone pays you a compliment or just says something nice to you, you think it's a marriage proposal and or you think it's some sort of infidelity and like chill, just, just chill a little bit. Like you may be walking down the street looking like a damn tuna fish and someone would say something nice to you and now you're walking down like a happy tuna fish, like that's it. Like, It's nothing more to it. And for the record, this is towards men and women. In fact, men are probably more likely to even act on this extra attention. Because we don't get it as much and we don't really have a lot of experience with these compliments. And I'm sure some of you would say, Speak for yourself. I'm like, Oh, okay, Idris Alba, like whatever. Calm down. And the fact is, when she probably like her experience in this in this realm is probably she goes somewhere with Steph and all of the eyes are on him. And it could be eighty people and she can tell like 70 of the women are ready and willing to risk it all and you being right there with him and not only is that thirst being put in your face but no desires being thrown your way like (laughs) I know we might all say we we'd be okay with everything that's going but man unless you're actually in that situation I don't think you know how you'd respond to it and then the final thing I wanted to get in on that was the public can't be and shouldn't be trusted with vulnerability like oh my good, and god forbid is the vulnerability of a rich or famous person just just forget it like it could be professional athletes speaking up on like their belts with anxiety or <sighs> that's another topic that was actually discussed in the red table talk but no she just stuck on her insecurity or uh, it could even be a hulking Hollywood actor talking about being groped by a Hollywood exec and then he's being ridiculed because he didn't go all apeshit and start punching people. And all of these are somehow met with ridicule at first. And I'm sure they anticipated to an extent, but they probably thought like there will be some level of humanity being met with what they said, like because these are things that a lot of people can relate to. And I know we're all just gonna try and look tough for the public and like oh yeah no that's that's your personal thing you should be able to deal with that and man unless it's something that's like really 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 like unanimously sad like losing a spouse or a child people usually find a way to turn it around and maybe that's just like society becoming less empathetic but yeah it just makes some of y'all look real real funny Alright, so we'll take a quick break here, and then we be right back. So before I get into the Game of Thrones recap, I wanted to give some quick, recommend. well, not really recommendations, I'll call them more reminders of uh, some TV shows that were on network TV uh, before are now the properties of Netflix, and they're re- releasing new seasons. So a show called Lucifer uh, recently had a season four debut yesterday, so that's Wednesday, and the entire season four is available on Netflix. And another show, Designated Survivor, is going to be coming back on June 7th, and it shows President Kirkman actually like running for re election this time. And again, that's on June 7th, so if you're looking for, I guess, some other shows to watch once Game of Thrones is over, you can check those out. So now, As I said, this is where we get into the Game of Thrones recap, and if you haven't seen episode four, you might want to stop watching now, but of course you can always subscribe to the Well, Actually podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube as well if you're interested. So uh, there are a couple like central themes to the episode that I want to touch on and then some like specific like scenes. Uh, I actually didn't see the infamous Starbucks cup and maybe my TV one of those TVs the cinematographer was saying weren't tuned properly or maybe just because I didn't watch it live so HBO had probably scrubbed it by the time I saw it and I saw it twice and I tried and I didn't see a Starbucks cup but I believe you guys. And uh, I wonder who else noticed that John got some bass in his voice all of a sudden like has he been like watching inspirational youtube videos on how to sound like a leader but yeah and then the the feast itself well after they did like the whole funeral uh procession with all the burning of the bodies and all that and Daenerys finally given homeboy a little bit of love after he died but whatever so at the feast uh daenerys made gendry lord of storm's end and so that struck me as some sort of like power play where she's trying to like align herself with him, maybe in case she requires some sort of loyalty later on. But that that that's what stuck out to me. And there. and and then, of course, throughout the scene, like in the hall, she had hella nonverbal cues like her face was so expressive. Like she went from like pleased to disturbed to jealous to angry and. You could kind of see the gears turning in her head, like about how things might play out because of how people were taking to John. And of course, Brand is still saying weird shit, like, "I don't really want anymore," uh, and you shouldn't envy me. I live mostly in the past. Like, bro, what? Like, bro, just just say congratulations and and roll away, man. Like, what is go- what is going on with you? But yeah, the. <laughs> Then the wildlings, they were they were wilding, like they were getting it in, and the women up there were like they were they were they were about that life, and they wanted to make sure the wildlings knew it, and I pity their organs, I guess is the only way I can put that. And another thing that just stood out was Sansa stay peeping everything. Like, well, you might think you you did something slick, but she peeps everything, like. Whether she's in the middle of four conversations and you're half a mile, away, she's gonna peep it. Like so, that you gotta be ready for her. And then, <laughs> after Gendry got his like position or whatever, he went and proposed quick as hell. Like, and you thought Naija was on Facebook, move quick. No, he he was trying to make an honest woman out of Arya. But it's like he hasn't heard the saying, "You can't turn an assassin into a housewife." Like, it doesn't work like that. And then speaking of rushing into things, like is it just me or has the the entire season felt a bit rushed? Like like they're desperately trying to cram everything into six episodes and there are so many things that that it feels like they've been cut out and they probably have like even more significance if they allowed to like the they allowed the viewers to see the reactions, like like I can understand, like them wanting the long night to be a really long episode in order to capture like the entire Battle of Winterfell. But I definitely feel like the Night King should have gotten at least like one more than one episode of action. Like he deserved that. And all of a sudden, uh, the journeys aren't taking as long as they normally would. Like like the Seven Kingdoms got Uber now or something. Like everyone's just saying, okay, we're going to be there, and then they show up there automatically. It, I mean, it feels like nitpicking because it's such a great show, but that you're held to a higher standard as a great show. And then we didn't even get to witness the reaction of Sansa and Arya after being told about Jon. Like, like we, like I'm sure they would have very, very different reactions. But we, we were robbed of that, like that whole scene. And another thing, nobody, nobody in this show can keep a damn secret. Like immediately they found out. It's like they just send like a broadcast message to everyone else and it's like bro somebody kept this secret until he was beheaded and yet you're out here like just spewing it to everyone but you know what? whatever and then it just felt mean when john didn't even get to say goodbye to Ghost. like and then the producers like oh uh it was it was because of cgi constraints so john just walked and gave him a little head nod and kept it pushing like, bro, we just saw John riding a damn dragon into a blizzard, and you're telling me he couldn't go pat a uh, dire wolf on the head. But you know what, it's it's whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm over that, like, okay. And another thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is how Jamie and Brienne turned out. Like, there was something very pure about their relationship. It was friendship, it was like mutual survival, and it was respect. And then that emotional moment of him knighting her that sort of like put a bow on anything like it felt like that was the pinnacle of their relationship and it to me it should have been and it it kind of got sour for me but it's like at least you know like even in winterfell like never have i ever always get sexual no matter what happens and you know sex makes people do crazy things like even her her reaction was warranted because like even after all this you're still riding back to your sister or whatever and I don't know maybe maybe they're trying to manufacture some more drama there even though it's like all of that could have still been accomplished without them having to have done that but whatever and it's apparent that (laughs) the Targaryens are the worst in the history of military strategy and engagement it's like It's gotten to the point where it feels like the the writers are now like they've opted more for drama instead of common sense like how does an an entire fleet of ships sneak up on a dragon that's in the air like seriously like if anything like the the dragon would be the one that have the perfect advantage or whatever but you know what and don't even get me started on the retreat like Did Daenerys not realize that she could literally fly around and attack them from behind? I don't know how that sounded, but like, does she think like ships have power steering? Like, and then of course her fleet gets decimated. And another casualty of this time crunch is we didn't even get to see Masandi get taken. So we're just going by Grey Worm's reaction on the beach. And man, it was, I, I don't know. Because these are still really good moments, but I feel like they're we're being robbed of some really essential portions of the show. But anyway, when we actually see the final confrontation and they ask her if she has any last words, I honestly thought they were just gonna push her and let that be that. Like But beheading her was kind of overkill. Like they They were really trying to make people upset by the end of that episode and it worked and of course yeah Grey Worm is about to go full John Wick and so now I guess it really gets you going in terms of how they want you to be ready for the next episode and I I believe I believe it's it's going to work out that way so yeah there are only two episodes left just two episodes and that's the end of Game of Thrones I mean not counting the n- numerous spin-offs or prequels that they're coming out with but yeah it's, it's going to be something special, at least I hope. I don't want to sound like I'm just bashing the show entirely because I've enjoyed it, but I feel like the enjoyment could have been a bit more. But anyway, yes, this is the end of this episode. I want to thank you all for joining us. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and Stitcher and also subscribe on the YouTube page uh, because videos of the podcast will be available on there very soon. And if you don't have any of those streaming services, you can listen to the podcast directly from the wellactuallypod.com and the audio plays in the background of your phone while you're using other apps. So it's not something that requires you to be on the page constantly. So, Again, we're going to try and do this again next week. All right, take care.